Hello everyone, we are here with Rob Hailstone today. So thank you, Rob, for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for the invitation. Now, Rob, you are founder of Bold Legal Group. I read online you've got 30 years of experience in conveyancing, and I know that you're passionate about kind of improving communication and relationships within the industry. And Ian, you actually spoke at one of his um, events last year, didn't you? Indeed, I did. It was a very, very good uh, event. Rob and I have, it's probably 40 years experience, Rob. Let's be perfectly honest about this. Actually, Ian, it's 50 next year. Is it really? 1974 wow. I started when I was 16. That is incredible. Wow. Incredible. It doesn't look a day over 60 either, does it? Um, it was a, a very good event. And Rob has been uh, an ambassador of change and evolution and trying to find efficiency in the conveyancing world for years and years and years. And it's fairly safe to say, Rob, that you haven't made the slightest bit of difference. Thanks, Ian. Uh, no, <laughs> but I'm not giving up until I fall off my perch, that's for sure. Absolutely. We keep on trying, don't we? We will. We will get there. Good. But the irony is, and we want to get into some meaty things, but the irony is Rob and I worked very, very closely together 30 odd years ago. And we had a really streamlined um, referral system and customer contact, etc. Didn't we? We did a bloody good job. Yeah. we. They just need to recreate what we were doing, really. Basically, yeah. But there's lots of things to talk about on this one. So what are we going to cover off, Holly? What's the first topic? Yeah, so we want to jump in straight at the deep end uh, with you, Rob, because you sent over something to us a couple of days or weeks ago, which actually brought about this conversation. It's about the Building Safety Act and building safety regulations and a guidance document that the Conveyancing Association brought out. So we've got loads to talk about around that, haven't we, Ian? We certainly have, and it's um, quite impactful. So, Rob, do you want to just explain a little bit, please? Yeah, well... Um... The Building Safety Act actually came into force last year. Uh, really, uh, people have been taking notice of it, I think, from the beginning of this year. That's partly because um, I think some of the lenders have looked at it and have changed their requirements for conveyances in line with the Building Safety Act. Uh, it, it's a complicated act, probably the worst piece of property legislation I've seen in my nearly 50 years. Um, it's not in one document anywhere. I've got about 15 pieces of paper all over my table now, so I can hopefully answer some of, if not all of your questions. Uh, it's confusing conveyances. Some conveyances are not acting on some leasehold properties. Some conveyances are no longer acting on all leasehold properties. Um, it's just a bit of a mess. And I think, you know, because I guess most chains have one leasehold transaction in each chain, or maybe 50% uh, of chains, that's going to affect the whole chain if there's a delay. So. I think the worst is yet to come from this, to be honest. So that, that that's a concern. Um, I mean, the conveyancing process is taking longer than ever already, and this is potentially going to impact that even further. So when you say um, leasehold property, is it... Um, so let's put some meat on the bones for the listeners. Is this just a standard masonette over two floors that they have to have... Um, provision against it or is it or is it 11 meters plus what, what what's the bones of this well I, th I think as I, as I said to you before we started recording I've been researching this now for pretty much two days solid um I'm still confused by it maybe if we just wind back a bit and say what the building safety act is is for the reason why it's there um okay. you know bear with me I'm going to read out a little bit of information on that 
The BSA makes groundbreaking reforms to give residents and homeowners more rights, powers and protections so homes across the country are safer. It delivers far-reaching protections for qualifying leaseholders from the costs associated with remediating historical building safety defects. Building owners will not legally be able to charge qualifying leaseholders for any costs and circumstances where a building, in the majority of cases meaning those over five stories or 11 meters tall, require cladding to be removed or remediated. So that sort of answered your question in there somewhere, five stories or 11 metres tall. So the intention of this act is honourable, the intention. Oh, absolutely, yes. And it, it's as a result, I think, mainly of the uh, you know, awful Grenfell uh, fire about six years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, cladding's been an issue for a long time now. Uh, and the Building Safety Act is, is improving on the EWS1 certificates, I believe. Right. So in layman terms, if you bought a leasehold property and it was built to a defective uh, manner, it's no longer the first portico responsibility of the, of the homeowner to repair the property. It is on the original um, lessor. Is that right? Yeah, I think what the government are trying to do is make sure that no, no leaseholder uh, is liable for the cost of uh, any building safety work, not just cladding, there's other issues as well, there's fire requirements. Uh, they want to put that onus, I think, back on uh, maybe the, the management company or the freeholder or the developer, it depends on certain circumstances and what the net worth is of some of those institutions. So they want to try and take the pain away from, I guess, the ordinary person in the street who own leasehold properties. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very complicated procedure. When does it actually come into effect? And, and when does it come into effect? And what are the practical implications of a person selling a property that, that may be impacted? Well, it's actually uh, in effect now. Um, and, and conveyancing transactions, as I said, are, are being, I think, um, held up and stalled. So if a leaseholder wants to have the protection of what's called qualifying status, uh, they need to get a leaseholder's um, certificate. Um, and let me just explain what a, what a, a qualifying status offers the, the leaseholder. A qualifying leaseholder is protected completely against the cost of remediating flammable cladding in circumstances where the inherent defect resulted from the original construction of the building within the previous 30 years or later refurbishment. How do I identify if I'm a, a leaseholder, if I've got an issue? I don't think you need to identify if you've got an issue. The government want all leaseholders to complete um, a leaseholder a certificate um, so that it's ready there to be used. If you haven't got your leaseholder deed certificate, you're not protected by the Building Safety Act. So all leaseholders, irrespective of whether or not they're selling now, should fill out and complete um, a leaseholder deed of certificate, which I believe they've then got to serve on their landlord. Then will then give them the protection that they are entitled to if they're entitled to it. But if you are selling a property um, of a certain height, five stories, 11 meters, you have to produce that leaseholder deed of certificate. The conveyancer has to obtain it um, and that has to be served on the, on the landlord. The, the problem is, um, well, the first problem is of many, how do you uh, establish the height of the building, i.e. five stories, 11 meters or above? Nobody seems to want to take responsibility for that, that um, you know, height, 
whether it's the estate agent, the surveyor, the valuer, the conveyancer can't go or could go out to the property, but they're going to go out there with a tape measure. It's pointless. So it's very difficult establishing the height of some buildings. If you're below 11 metres or five storeys, um, you have to apply for the leaseholder deed of certificate. No, if, if, you're, if, if you're above. OK, right. So let's just focus on the about the five storeys, 11 metres then. You have to just clarify yeah, that. Quite. Right. Um, yeah. So is that something that the the leaseholder would have to do themselves or does their conveyancer do it? Well, the conveyancer can't do it, really, because they're stuck behind their desk in the office. Yeah. Um, they, they can complete the certificate. Uh, they've got to put certain information in there. I've got a copy of a, a blank certificate here in front of me. Um, again, that's probably about five or six pages long uh, with a certain amount of information that needs to go in there. But it's establishing the height of the building. Now, I suppose many buildings you will know if it's over five stories or 11 metres, in which case, not a problem. It, it's the ones that are borderline or that particular problem. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the leaseholder has to complete the, the, the certificate and produce it um, at some stage. And I think as far as agents are concerned, when, when you take properties on at the moment, you, you need to discuss a leasehold properties of a certain height. You need to discuss this with, with the leaseholder maybe research the Building Safety Act a bit more than we're going into today. Um, and people can email me on this if they want to, if they've got problems, rh at boldgroup.co.uk. I might regret saying that, but if, if you haven't got the answer, like I say, on all these bits of paper here, I've got the answers, I can find the answers. Okay, so um, let's imagine a scenario where I live in an apartment, leasehold apartment, it qualifies, it's above five stories or 11 metres, I um, write to the ground landlord and um, make them aware that uh, I wish a deed of, or I've got a deed of certificate. Um, what if, what if the, the um, ground landlord or freeholder then turns around and says, well, I disagree, I'm not doing it? They can't really do that. I mean, they can do that if they want to, but, but we, we know that that will happen. Well, legislation, yeah, legislation will bind them. They have to comply with the Building Safety Act. Yeah. It, if they fulfil certain criteria, uh, but yes, there will be lots of um, you know um, independent freeholders, uh, management companies, etc., who might not want to uh, probably don't even un understand what's going on at the moment. Yeah, legislation will bind them, but we don't want to go to court on these issues, do we? Really? No, it's not been particularly well communicated. All of this, has it? No, and I think one of the jobs that the Home Buying and Selling Group are doing, they're talking to government about this and saying, can you get a public awareness campaign going so that the public know something about it before the agent or the conveyancer has to broach it with them, which is understandable. So the Conveyancing Association brought up loads of things in their guidance document, which they were concerned about not being fully clear. And one of those things was who else might be responsible. So finding out if it's the developer or the landlord or the leaseholders or is do you foresee that being a problem people kind of disputing who is responsible I, I think I think many will try and do that I think the problem for the conveyancer is is, is progressing the conveyancing transaction uh, and getting a hold of the leaseholder certificate in the first place making sure it's accurate this is some of the problems they've got because some of the lenders are saying you've got to get the leaseholder certificate you've got to check that it's accurate how does the conveyancer know that what the information on the certificate is, is indeed accurate? It might not be true. So that's why some are refusing to act in certain circumstances or when um, one or two particular lenders are involved in the, in the mortgage advance. All this is being clarified gradually over a period of time. In fact, I've got a conversation after this with 
a legal academic and a major lender about why they are making their part two requirements uh, in the UK Finance Handers Lembo so onerous. Um, I'm learning by the second on the Building Safety Act, and maybe we should have a recap in about a month's time. Yeah, that's a good idea. It, it is worth saying this isn't going to affect the entire UK. This is mainly going to affect cities, isn't it? Urban areas and cities. On the whole, it will do, although we have a couple of um, estate agents down here in, in Devon, in Torquay and Brixham, where uh, they've got some uh, nearby flats that are over these, this height, and they've got issues with them already. Right. Uh, so it will, it will filter through over a period of time. Hopefully things will bed down and we'll get back to some kind of normality, but the government definitely has to change some aspects of the Building Safety Act. Um, one of the most confusing uh, aspects is if you have a lease on the um, 14th of February 2022, but you change that lease or you enfranchise your leasehold, you, you won't, may not have the uh, benefit of the safety of the Building Safety Act. And they don't want that. So they've put guidance out to say, we didn't mean that, but it's not legislation. So they're saying to conveyances, can you build this into the contract somehow? It's not that easy. Hmm. And the, the conveyances, of course, as usual, are worried about their own PI cover if they take on lease work, which is extremely complicated, more complicated than it ever was. It's a bit of a pig's ear, to be honest. Yeah, it is. So you, you've mentioned you've got some conveyances that are only taking on partial um, leasehold properties, some that have said that they won't take on any. And some that will still take on all. And some that will still take, thank you for the balance, that's very good. So if I'm a practising agent out in the field, I need to identify and speak to my local conveyances and see what their stance is on things, yeah? I yeah, I, I would get in contact with all your conveyancing uh, contacts at the moment and say, look, you know, uh, the Building Safety Act is being brought to our attention. What do you know about it? What transactions are you now acting in or not acting in? Have you got a copy of the guidance and the conveyancing association? Sorry, conveyancing association, because it's really useful. It's not 100 percent. No, because no advice is at the moment. It's a very good starting place. Yeah. And agents should have a quick look at it and send it to their conveyance of contacts to have a look at right so i i just want to cover this off again so we've we've provided listeners with the problem so let's provide them with a temporary solution and albeit the, the only reason i say temporary because it from what you've said it's likely to evolve over the next few weeks months uh etc so um i've got some practical things i'd just like to share in terms of existing sales pipelines that i've got going through and maybe some philosophy about the change that I would agree into going into the future, because as an agent out in the field, I'd like to take control of my pipeline um, and look after my customers, et cetera. And maybe the agents will have a different philosophy on homes that they put to the market. Um, I don't wish to, to uh, recommend blighting any particular type of home. Great agents, I've always had this saying, great agents clear the runway. They take problems away before re people realize that they're there. So summary um, of what you just said. First point of action, if you're an estate agent in an area with properties in your location that might be affected by this piece of legislation, point number one is, would you say, talk to local conveyances and find out their stance in this matter? I, I would say point number one, get a copy of the guidance from the CA. Um, and you can get that from their website. You can download a copy. I think you've got a copy or they can email me and I'll send them a copy. 
have right. a look at that, discuss it with your team. It's a little bit complicated, but it's a lot easier than the act. And then point two is what you said, contact your local conveyancer, maybe go and see them or get them into the office and say, look, this is a problem now. It's going to be a problem in the near future or maybe the long future. What do you know about it? Are you taking on transactions? What transactions are you taking on? Which lenders are, aren't you prepared to act for? Sit down. This, this could be a very good way to get conveyances and agents talking again. And lenders as well, because point number three, would you then talk to um, mortgage brokers about which lenders have got um, you know, ponchons to lend on this type of property? Because presumably there'll be some lenders that won't. Is that right? No, I think all lenders are lending. Uh, okay. Some have more severe restrictions than others or requirements put on the conveyances than others. Okay, makes sense. Those will be loosened. I think most lenders are lending, but it's the hoops that um, the conveyance has to jump through that is the problem. Yeah. Point number four, if I were running an agency today, I would make a company decision on my stance on properties that may or not, may or not be affected and whether I wish to actually handle them or not. Because... There is always an opportunity within everything, isn't there? Because if you're an expert, if you become an expert in this field and a, an agent that knows what they're doing and how to do it, you can gain commercial advantage and be able to offer your customers some fantastic advice. Yeah, and I guess most agents will probably know which properties in their area are yeah. likely to suffer from this issue. So, so that's, yeah. That's point number five or six, whichever one, whichever one we're on, is identity, you know, through local knowledge, no, no, you know, Local knowledge is everything, and that's why the high street agent is so brilliant. So that is um, identifying problems. Point number seven, let's say we're on seven. Uh, I would therefore very clearly be thinking about my fee structure. If I'm an agent that's got knowledge that others haven't, it's going to take longer, it needs some expertise, charge appropriately, and I'd be urging my conveyancing partner to do the same thing. I think most are. I think most have realised now they can't do leasehold transactions for the fees they were doing them for. Yeah, that's that's got to be the case, isn't it? Point number eight, I would go and review my pipeline and my sales pipeline, sales that are going through and do some forensic investigation of those chains that might have um, problems that are hidden that you haven't identified yet and then start to communicate that through the through the um, through the chain. Yeah. Um, and. Point number nine is I would very, very robustly check my chain at time of sale agreed to understand exactly who. We always used to do this anyway, Rob. We always, I used to provide you with a chain checker, didn't I? You chain sheet, yeah. Some agents do it now, some agents don't. I would absolutely urge every agent to do that going into the future because you're just offering brilliant advice to your seller. And I would identify um, all of the units in the chain, all of the um, capacity to move mortgage value surveys done etc cetera, etc cetera. but now i'd add on to that chain checker type of property yeah and whether it uh, falls in with the building safety act issues definitely yeah. because you've got to be able to offer your your sellers and your buyers the right advice it, that for me that's the onus of responsibility of a, of a good estate agent and conveyancer and and like you say maybe this is the uh, nucleus of agents and conveyancers finally starting to build the relationship that you and I had 35 years ago. I definitely think they need to help each other with this, this issue, to be honest. Um, and communication is the only way to get that started. Yeah. Is there anything else in the app that you really need to tell the listeners or just highlight? Or have we sort of covered it off? 
I, I think we sort of covered it off without reading the, the advice, the guidance and the CA out to you verbatim. Um, we, we covered off the, the initial bits, but um, I, I can't repeat enough. Get a copy of the guidance from the Conveyancing Association website, have a look at it, discuss it in-house, discuss it with your conveyancer, um, email me or any other expert, you know, um, rh.bogwood.co.uk with any questions you've got. We've also got a fantastic online forum. If agents want to join our online forum, we've got 150 conveyances in there. You can ask questions about the Building Safety Act if you want to, or any other conveyancing legal issue. It's free. I just want a way for conveyances and, and agents to be able to co communicate in a you know, safe, private environment. Yeah, good. Yeah, that, that's vital. It's absolutely vital. Um, Colleague, can you please make sure that uh, Guild members listening, don't worry, we will send you um, the uh, Converting Association document. So can you um, liaise with Paul Offley and with Rob and make sure that we distribute that out? That would be great. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and Holly, back to you. What have you heard? Well, at the beginning of the conversation, I was a little bit concerned that we were kind of giving out this information, but kind of saying, there you go, deal with it. But I'm so glad, Ian, that you came back around and you offered a solution for our listeners and our members, because that's kind of what we want to do with this podcast. We don't just want to offer problems. We want to give people a real life situation of how they can like you say, look after their chains and look after their pipelines and things. So thank you, Ian, for bringing all that up. So we've got lots more that we want to talk to you about, Rob, but I think it's really important that we give it to people in chunks. So I want to keep this episode as just the um, Building Safety Act. So would you be happy to come back for another episode? Because I want to talk to you about, I've seen online that you've talked about AI um, in conveyancing. I want to talk about the um, upfront information disclosure of information act there's lots more i want to talk to you about so would you be happy to come back anything will be easier than the building safety <laughs> I will. well you'll be pleased to hear that that's that episode done finished with so thank you so much rob and we'll speak to you soon thank you, thank you. thanks